Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to Crushing Cashflow. Today's guest is an investor relations director at Legacy Group. It's an alternative investments firm with over $32 million in assets under management. What's unique about this firm is they're not specifically around real estate or multifamily that we talk about quite a bit on the show, but they're actually into alternative opportunities, alternative investments in emerging markets outside the US. What I find really cool is they're really into the high social and environmental impact when they invest. It's not just all about dollars, which is really cool. We'll talk about their one of their flagship portfolio companies, Green Coffee Company, which is based out of Colombia in South America. They're really, really heavy into that. Like I mentioned, Ben, the impact investing is really cool. They've raised over $25 million from over 200 investors to fund those operations. So we'll meet, we'll hear from Josh Ziegelbaum, who's the Investor Relations Director for the organization. Welcome to the show, Josh. How are you? Andrew, I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. It's good to be here. Awesome. So like I said, really, really cool to talk something other than real estate. As much as I love it, and I'll continue to invest heavily in real estate, it's always nice to talk about diversity, especially in times where deals are few and far between on the multifamily side. So it's always nice to have options. So let's talk about why a lot of the your investor base, specifically your US high net worth individuals, which is the same base but pool of people we're working with in multifamily, why are they turning outside of the US and specifically to the alternative investments you guys are looking at? Yeah, I'm happy to dive into that for you. So I'll start by saying that I am very much interested in real estate as our, our investor base. So there's some parallels there. And the investors that work with us, they love it because of the diversification. Our investors are allocated to US assets, whether it's the single family homes they own, the multifamily properties that they have interest in, maybe it's their day job or their businesses, everything is very much US. So mm-hmm. as the world has become more global in the last number of years, I mean, diversification outside the US has always been important, but it's becoming increasingly important for retail investors and high mm-hmm. net worth individuals and access is becoming available to them. So it's always good to have exposure to another market. So you don't want to just diversify within asset classes. You mm-hmm. want to diversify across geographies. And we're kind of checking both those boxes. So what we do at Legacy Group, we send a capital from high net worth individuals mm-hmm. and we deploy it into our own portfolio companies in Latin America. So we focus on Colombia. That's our market today. The two partners at Legacy Group sit and work out of Medellin, Colombia. Myself as director of investor relations out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And, you know, we really just snowballed, you know, our business over the last couple of years. You mentioned some stats here in the beginning of the interview. We're actually over 45 million committed to date now and over 350 investments. We really just have had a tremendous amount of momentum both in 2020 and 2021 and then carrying into this year. And then I could dive in later on into what we do specifically in our portfolio companies, but you know, investors, you know, they're looking for things that are uncorrelated to the rest of their portfolio. Not that they're not bullish on real estate and kind of think that that grind higher, but there's a lot of froth in the U.S. markets or globally, really, you know, eventual real estate. And we've already seen a bit of a meltdown in public equities. Not to say that that's going to happen with real estate either, but investors are looking to fill pockets of their portfolio with interesting opportunities. And we believe that we're the one to provide that. Awesome. So let's talk about the screening process. I mean, we pride ourselves and we do blogs every week. We do podcasts around the screening of the opportunities. You know, if you're starting and you're entertaining an alternative investment outside the US, what do you look for? Is it 
all about IRR and AAR and you know risk. What do you look for as a starting point when you're screening an investment? So I'll talk about it from a couple of different perspectives. So us at Legacy Group, I mean, we very much focus on a select group of companies. So our real main focus is our flagship portfolio company, Green Coffee Company. It's Mm -hmm. the number one largest coffee producer in Colombia. We have over 7 million coffee trees planted, over 6,500 acres of land owned. And we built it from the ground up with our capital and with investor capital since 2017. And that's really kind of the bread and butter of what we do at Legacy Group is building this company, GCC or Green Coffee Company, mm-hmm. to be not only the largest in Colombia, but we have a goal of being the largest Arabic coffee producer globally in the next few years. Kind of the idea with this business is we buy up farmland, build out processing facilities, we control production at scale in mm-hmm. Colombia, and then we sell farm direct coffee in a wholesale manner. So we do containers, B2B, both in Colombia and outside of the country. And as we look to continue to scale this, you know, we want to continue to disrupt the industry there. So when we make investments, we look for industries that we could disrupt and where we can make a meaningful impact, but also kind of change the way in which business is done and unlock growth for our investor base. The goal here with this company's EO in the US, we have a US investment structure. We want to build out a US-based roaster, monetize the waste from coffee production. So we expect to create ethanol and vodka from the waste from coffee, a bunch of different verticals here, but really the core of the business is production at scale in a disruptive manner. So we look for industries that are antiquated or ripe for disruption, and then we mm-hmm. do just that. From an investor perspective, you know, when people diligence us, you know, yes, IRR is an important one. So how much can they expect to receive on their investment? Also, the management team, I think, is an important one. You know, you could put together a financial model, you know, you could flip it on its head, but really you want to trust and believe that the management team is capable on delivering on the assumptions within that model. So from an investor perspective, you know, diligencing management, making sure like, what have they done in their professional career? What exits have they done uh, through other companies? Mm-hmm. You know, how have they executed date on the business plan? So investors that work with us, they follow us over this extended period of time. We have like our regular email newsletter where we give value add content. So comfort around the returns, but I'd say management team is very important to our investor base. So a lot of what you talked about is much similar to multifamily or real estate investing in general. I think you guys are probably heavier on the operation size and running a business beyond just collecting rent, fixing the building, that kind of thing. What kind of return profiles do you guys offer? I know every deal is a little bit unique, just like in multifamily, but is there a certain range you guys target? Obviously risk adjusted. What does cash flow look like? Another question that comes to mind versus your traditional up and running apartment complex. Sure. Let's dive into that. So our expected IRR in the Series C funding round for the Green Coffee Company is 64% through 2026. Works out to a net equity multiple forecasted of 11x. So a less invested capital is what we're anticipating um, through a 2026 exit. You might think that those returns are much higher than what you see in multifamily, and they are. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because it's an operating business. We're building a private company into a larger company. We have a goal of either selling it or doing a public offering. It's real asset backed, which is why a lot of our investors who are real estate focused are very much interested in what we're doing because it's a balance sheet business. As equity capital comes in, we deploy it, we buy farmland, we build out facilities, and we do that you know, with a value add component as well. So we buy either distressed or below market value, and then we're really just building up a large balance sheet for our investors. So 11x forecasted equity multiple 64% IRR, we really target returns such as these that can create somewhat life-changing financial returns 
mm-hmm. for our investors. That's really what we want to target. We look for other investments in the future. In terms of cash flow, it's very much a grow my net worth style investment as opposed to a cash flowing investment. Mm-hmm. It's a growth oriented company. We haven't paid dividends to date, but we've gone higher share price in all of our funding rounds. The Series C round is our formal funding round since launching the project in 2017. So our goal is really on long term shareholder value through equity appreciation rather than the cash flow play. So it's a means in which investors could kind of circling back to diversification, you have pockets of your portfolio that pay yield. Maybe it's the multifamily, yeah. maybe it's bonds or, or whatever it is in your portfolio. We're really that growth oriented portion of our investors portfolio, albeit with high projected returns. No, I like that a lot. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. What about on the risk side? What should one look out for considering this type of investment? You could talk about GCC as an example, but I think generally in your buying and running business, there are certain risks associated. You know, I'm sure you get that question quite a bit. What's on your mind? Sure. I think with um, investments such as this in agriculture, weather is really the largest risk. So when you're looking at alternative investments in agriculture, really understanding climate, climate change, how can it affect crop yields, things of that nature. There's variability based on that, of course. So we're seeing that this year where production is lower in Colombia across the board for coffee. And that's something to be expected when you're investing in the alternative agriculture space. Outside of the US, I'd say specifically understanding the macroeconomic environment and political environment where you're investing. So Colombia itself as an example, where we invest in Latin America, it's very much a capitalistic country, very much open for investment and business. We've seen a large influx of foreign direct investment into the region over the recent years. You can see that in the data. So I would encourage investors that are looking outside of the US to see flow of capital into that region. What is the regulatory environment like? Is it business friendly? And then kind of peeling the onion back and seeing where you expect that to unfold over your hold period. So we had a new president come in to Colombia recently. He's been very supportive of agriculture. We probably don't think that any industry stands to benefit more than coffee being the national product in Colombia. Mm-hmm. So you have to really have your hand on the pulse as it relates to like the political climate, especially outside of the U.S. You kind of were leading into my next question, one of my final, which is why coffee? Why not? You know, another tropical fruit or something. I, you know, I get the attraction to Latin America specifically, but why coffee? I mean, I know it's one of the biggest exports out of the country, but why not invest in a fruit or another alternative food? There's over 2 billion cups of coffee consumed daily on a global basis. And that number is large part for me as well. And I'm sure yeah. some of the listeners here, yeah. and, uh, as our, as our numbers are. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really a staple in many households, especially in this part of the world. Colombia and coffee are synonymous with one another. And when you think yeah. of Colombia, you often think of coffee. It's a national product there, as I just mentioned, and you did as well. And I was talking about this in, in one of your previous questions, but it's a very antiquated industry there and one that's ripe for disruption. So business is done in a manner that like looks like technology from 40, 50 years ago, essentially. I mean, in Colombia, it's all hand-picked, which is what we do as well. But from a production and processing facility standpoint. I mean, our competitors have such antiquated equipment, the practices they're doing. I mean, we're light years ahead of the competition. And to be able to disrupt an industry as significant as coffee is in Colombia with the amount of capital we've done, that's really what we look for. And that's kind of one of the reasons why also that you mentioned maybe other fruit or a different plant. I mean, that's also a real asset back. So we would like a deal like that. But coffee, for the reasons that I mentioned, there's just 
tremendous opportunity, high margin potential, different verticals that could be built out. So we're doing unroasted green coffee now as our primary business model, but there's additional revenue stream possibilities with coffee. So with the monetization of the waste, creating ethanol and vodka, getting it to roasted, going further down the value chain. It's an industry that we're very much interested in and that we're bullish on and the consumers seem to agree with us. Awesome. Let's talk about the impact side of things. When you go in and assuming maybe you buy some existing companies, some are built from the ground up. What are some of the secret business plan? I'll call it value add opportunities. Do you look for all sustainability type projects or is it all about efficiency, a blend of both? Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, let's do that. So it would definitely be a blend of both. So our focus is on impact investing. So we believe that we can create meaningful financial returns for our investors while also creating a lasting impact in the communities in which we operate. So if we are to invest in a particular company or in a region or build out another initiative at the Green Coffee Company, as an example, I mean, it has to check those boxes on an impact. So let me unpack that a bit for you and tell you a bit about what we do. So from a social impact perspective, we provide formal employment. We have over 400 formal full-time employees at the Green Coffee Company. We're the largest employer in the town of Salgar, where we operate. It's the same state that Medellin is in. It's about two hours outside of the city center. And we pay into bank accounts, we pay pensions, health insurance, fringe and benefits. These things sound normal to us being in the US, but it very much does not work that way in agriculture in Latin America. People are typically paid cash with no benefits, no job security, and we're providing all of the above, essentially. So we're really changing the way in which people are employed in the coffee industry in the region there. From an environmental perspective, we're doing a lot. So we reduce waste in our planting practices. We use an entire biodegradable pod for our planting practices. So every tree that goes in the ground, we're not using any plastics. We're removing tons and tons of plastic from the environment with that, which no one else is doing. Everything, coffee trees are, it's just always done in plastic as Mm -hmm. far as we've seen. And then, you know, we reduce water. We We monitor weather patterns with different technologies so we can be proactive. We're building down a solar farm, a lot of cool different stuff on the environmental side. But if we go into a region or if we build out a vertical, we're always thinking about, you know, what is the impact going to be on all company stakeholders, including the investors, but also those that we touch that are working for us or that are our value chain partners. Awesome. So one last, maybe more fun question that is business. Have you been traveling on site to Columbia? And if so, what has it been like? I mean, for this, for someone who's never been there, who likes to travel a lot, you know, would you recommend traveling there for leisure or due diligence trip? <laughs> I would say both. I mean, Columbia is a great place to visit. I go usually a few times a year at a minimum, and I spend time with the team. We have offices in Medellin and in Salgar. So It's a really great place to hang out, great nightlife, a lot of cool things to do. I can recommend certain parts of Medellin as a place to visit. That's really where I spend most of my time. I've heard, you know, great things about Bogota, Cartagena. A lot of people enjoy traveling to those places as well. And in terms of diligence, you know, we do investor trips a few times a year where we invite some of our larger investors out to the farms. We show them the operations and give them like a hands-on experience. So I would say both. If you'd like to come and visit us, we welcome an investment. Maybe we can arrange a tour of the farms and the facilities. But at the very least, you know, I, I would recommend Colombia as a place to visit as a tourist for sure. 
So cool. So this has been a really awesome eye-opening, at least for myself, and I know a lot of our listeners, to a new world of opportunities out there beyond the multi-doors and how great multifamily is. We talk about it all the time, but really eye-opening in terms of other opportunities. For those who want to learn more and beyond the 20 minutes in this action-packed episode, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find us online at our website. It's legacy-group.co. You could also send us an email at investor.relations at legacy-group.co. And we'd love to get in touch. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining, Josh. Thanks for breaking up all this knowledge. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.